What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Championship Leadership Podcast. This is your host, Nate Bailey. And uh, today I'm excited. We had a incredible conversation with a guest from across the pond, uh, just a couple hours northeast, I believe he said, of London. So uh, our guest today was Gav Gillibrand. And uh, you can check him out. You can find out more about Gav and what he's up to at his website, gavgillibrand.com as well as uh, check him out on LinkedIn. That's where he, he hangs out. And uh, that's a social media platform that he's uh, linked up with. You can connect with Gab there. Again, just search Gab Gillibrand and you will find him. Uh, we had a fun conversation today. Uh, talked about his uh, days as a male stripper of all things, which was a fun way to kick off the show. But Gab, what he specializes in is uh, helping busy people lose 20 pounds or more in 12 weeks without cutting carbs and the other fun stuff from their lives. He's got a book called The GHG Method. So it uh, was, was a, like I said, a, just a fun time with Gab today. Uh, before we cut into him real quick, check me out, natebailey.org, and you can find out all about the other previous episodes that we've had, as well as uh, what we're up to, the different programs we got the blog, you name it, the free book, the 100 Mile Mindset free audiobook. You can get that there as well. Uh, so without any further ado, let's let's hop right into our conversation today with Gab Gillibrand. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Championship Leadership Podcast. We got Gav Gillibrand from, uh, uh, from the United Kingdom, uh, Across the pond, as as we say, I guess. So, appreciate you being here, Gav. Thanks. Yeah, pleasure is all mine, Nate. Thanks for the invite. Really, really good to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, before I get into you and and what you're up to and and your story, I like to ask this question first to kind of kick things off. Championship leadership's the name of the podcast. Uh, what comes to mind for you, or what does championship leadership mean to you when you hear that? Championship leadership. The first thing that comes to my mind is. Um, the Chicago Bulls back in the 90s. Really? 
I, just, just, I literally never heard that question before. Just came straight into my head. Yeah. All I think is, uh, you know, the heyday of uh, Scotty Pippen, Michael Jordan. I can't remember the coach at the time, but there's a there's a good guy. Yeah, there's a, wrote, yeah but there's a guy that wrote the book, and he talks about um, leaders and. I can't think now. I should have uh, done my homework, but I couldn't have done my homework because I didn't know the question. Yeah. But leadership, I mean, it's a broad topic, isn't it? I yeah. mean, yeah. you know, where do we go with it? Where do you want to start on now? But yeah, it's such a wide uh, topic. What does it mean to you, Nate? What does championship leadership mean to me? Yeah. You know, championship leadership to me is, is first and foremost, right, leading yourself. I think there's a lot of people out there that would love to lead and, and want to be leaders um, and don't necessarily uh, walk the talk. And uh, so, yeah, you got to lead yourself powerfully first before you can go out and lead others. And, and I think another p- big piece to championship leadership is, is really it's the ability to be able to pull more out of others than they would out of themselves, right? Um, really maximizing everybody's performance as a leader, as a whole. And, and of course, you know, everybody's different on a team, organization, company, whatever it is. And it's that ability to, to know your people at such a high level to, to know, you know, cause you can't lead everybody the same. So mm-hmm. the only way you can lead them the way that fits, suits them the best would be to actually really give a shit about your people and, and get to know them and in turn be able to, you know, give them the style of leadership that that will get get the most maximum performance from them. So, I guess it's also uh, leading by um, example as well, isn't it? Because I get a lot of people yeah. try and tell people do this, do that, and try and lead them. But if you just tell someone and then hang on, you're not actually doing what you're asking yeah. us to do in the first place. You've got, to, I guess, that would be my example of it. You've got to walk the walk as well as talk the talk, right? Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. I think, you know, there's so many different ways. Uh, I think there's, yeah, it's all of the above, really, it is. Um, you know, it's kind of cool. I just came back from Alaska. I was in Alaska and I had five of my clients who are also good friends of mine uh, came to support me. I was doing this 135 mile run in Alaska. And, uh, and so they came out and they're like my crew, right? Because uh, we needed you had to have your own support vehicle and support team. And uh, so it was awesome for them to come out because I've been talking to them about some of these things that I do. And, and it was, it was incredible to have them come and help me through that and to get to see, you know, me actually in, in the middle of it. Right. Like really, truly. So is that that like an ice ice run? Is that must be snow up there? No, there was no, it was uh, well, there's still some snow on the mountains and some of the mountains that were really high and, and a bit further away mm-hmm. uh, were almost all covered in snow, but, but uh, most of it, so it was still melting off, off the mountains, but most of it had, had melted, you know, so this mm-hmm. is kind of their, their prime part of the year where it's seventies or, you know, 60s, seventies fishing seasons kind of prime nice. green grass. Uh, so it was, it was uh, amazing, like triple the lifetime for sure. It was, it was incredibly just the land out there and, and the, the landscape was just gorgeous. Just, just incredible. Was that an ultra then? Night? Was that it was an ultra? ultra yeah. 135. Yeah, we actually, um, we didn't make it 135. Some, mm-hmm. some significant issues with my feet 
but we did make a hundred and uh, we called it a day after that just because I knew we were going to run out of time. We weren't going to be able to finish the entire thing. So we made it a hundred and called it a day. So how long did the hundred take you? This time around, it took about 36 hours. Was Goggins there? Were you no, he wasn't at Goggins? this one. Does he, he, I know he's still doing bits and bobs, isn't he? He is, yeah. He, uh, I, I've seen him at one other run. It was at a marathon, actually, in Las Vegas a year or two ago. I passed him, or he, we passed, we crossed paths. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, he wasn't at this one. He's so, a crazy character, isn't he? He is a crazy character, yeah. Yeah, very easy. You know, he's he's a he's on one extreme end of the spectrum, right? He is he is like the extreme. I mean, I, I I first heard about Goggins on from from Joe Rogan about four maybe four or yeah. five years ago. I thought yeah. who's this crazy guy? I'm a yeah. big fan of Joe Rogan. Then read the books or the podcast. I, mean, I don't know if you've listened to the Audible version of his book. Oh yeah, I've listened to it probably four yeah. or five times. Um, what was so good about that was it wasn't just the book that was being narrated where they stopped it and did the podcast between yeah. each chapter. It was just a really yeah. – I'd never heard a book like that. That's a great thing. Yeah. But, yeah, he's a, he's a special character, but obviously he went through a lot to to get to be like that. And um, yeah, I think did. you've got to be crazy to run 100 miles anyway, Nate. I think <laughs> you're up there. Like, I mean, I, I'll be honest. The first the furthest I've run is 10 kilometers, 10K, yeah. which is about, yeah. what, seven miles? Yeah. So um, the thought – you know, my ego is saying – do a marathon once. Yeah. Is it 26.1, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but actually the physical reality of me doing that, well, uh, my knees just wouldn't be able to take it. But the thought <laughs> of actually running, you know, for what's a, a basic sort of time is people want to go below four hours, don't they? Yeah. If you get into the three hours, you're getting reasonably good. Obviously two is yeah. elite. But um, yeah. what would you run a marathon in, Nate? What's your time for a marathon? I've only, I've only done a marathon one time um in vegas that time and i think it was like 4 40 or something like that so yeah and i was like 11 minute miles something like that you know with the ultras i don't train like doing for, four marathons yeah i don't four train <laughs> i don't train for speed necessarily uh, no. i'm in it for the long haul so oh. keep moving yeah anyway well but, good 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 work mate yeah good work. yeah i appreciate it yeah um so, well, tell us a little bit about you. What, uh, you have the GHG method. I know you have a book. Um, you focus on um, helping your clients uh, with weight loss. And, and uh, so, yeah, tell us a little bit about your story and how you've kind of gotten to where you are today. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I'll go all the way back. And I actually had a bit of a brief interim. Uh, I say a brief interim. I had a 17-year break to do something entirely different i don't know if you know about that but i'll tell you oh yeah so going back to when i was well, going back to when i was um 14 or 15 always into health fitness played every sport a couple of really good you know like high county sort of sub-national level but that wasn't really my focus i just discovered bodybuilding in the late 80s which is 87 88 89 um I was at school and I don't know what they do in America, but we have this thing called work experience where for a couple of days or even a week, you you go into like a potential employer's place, like a bank or an insurance company or something. And everyone went the traditional route and I went, went into a gym. And um, I'd seen Madonna running around Hyde Park um, famously with two big burly really? bouncers. Yeah, this is a true story. Um, with personal trainer written across the back of their t-shirt and i remember no, thinking, seriously <laughs> yeah, i remember thinking is that a thing like could you be a 
you know, can you be a personal trainer? Like, imagine when I was really into Madonna, I was like, could I be a personal trainer to the celebrities? Looked in it and realized it was a thing. I didn't know that you could be a personal trainer, but all I knew is I loved the gym. I loved working out. I loved all sports. And if I thought I could make a living doing something that I find, you know, it was a hobby to me, I thought that would be a great way of doing it. So I went into this gym um, and I remember seeing this guy, I would have been about 15 or 16, this guy in his early 20s, and bear in mind this is the late 80s, he had a ponytail and he was wearing a leotard and he was doing a step aerobics class and he had about 30 women eating out of the palm of his hand. I remember thinking, that's what I want to do, you know, not necessarily with the ponytail and the leotard, but I wanted to, uh, you know, do an exercise class like that. So I, that was always my view. And then um, just about to go to university to do sport, I'd signed up to do sports science degree, three-year degree, and I'd spotted, um, I'd working part-time in a gym for a year before going to university. And in the staff room one day, there was a, a like a, a pin-up, an advert on the wall, and it was the audition for this TV show. This is 1993 now, called Blind Date. Now, Blind Date back in the early, late, late, late 80s, early 90s, was the number one TV show on, in the UK. And bear in mind, we only had four channels back then. BBC One, BBC Two, ITV, and Channel Four. Long story short, I went on this TV show and went for the auditions. I thought, how can I bullshit my way on? How can I make sure I get on this show? So I went to the first audition and told them I was a stripper. This is a true story. Age 18, 19, which was only half a lie. And I'll back up about six weeks before this first audition. I'd actually seen in the newspaper auditions for strippers, stripper grams. You guys call it for a bachelorette party, like a guy that rocks up to a party yeah. or a restaurant for 10 minutes, dressed as a fireman or a policeman, dances around, gets a load of cash, yeah. walks out of the door. So I'd been for the audition, but hadn't actually done my first gig. This is a true story. <laughs> so I went to the auditions, thought, hmm, I could tell a small white lie here. But it was, I didn't feel too bad because it was there was yeah. some semi-truth in it. And they said, you know, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a, a part-time personal trainer, which is true. Um, but I do, I'm a stripper gram at the weekends. And they were like, oh, eyes lit up. Long story short, I breezed through these three auditions, went on the show, got picked to go on this date. Literally a couple of months after the show was out, I went to university. But all through university, I kept doing this part-time stripping at the weekends, which was great fun. Yeah. Um, never knew where it was going to take me. So I'd done three years of just a very part-time thing. And then again, true story, two weeks before my graduation, and I was about to hand in a 10,000-word dissertation. When I say about to hand it in, I, was, I needed to start it and finish it in two weeks. And a friend of mine who had been, in the meantime, from the same hometown as we, had been working with the UK's equivalent to the, to the Chippendales. Remember the Chippendales in the 80s and the 90s? called the dream boys he'd been working with this group and he called me up and said gab we we've got one space available we've got a 12-week tour of europe i need to know i'm like mate i've got my dissertation to hand in start and finish in two weeks i said when he said when do you need to know by he said today i said fuck it i'm in and i just dropped <laughs> my degree and that was the start of a full-time career in stripping or dancing or entertainment, what three years sort of part time, and then from 1996 to 2010, this was a full time gig for me. Hey. <laughs> and um, look, it was 
you can imagine you're in your mid-20s. We were dancing and working all over Europe. My job consisted of going to the gym, going to the gym again, going on the sunbed, yeah. you know, taking care of myself and dancing and doing shows all over Europe. It was like I got to age 30. I thought, you know what? I can't do this. I can't carry on like this. I need to start using my brain sort of using yeah. that, you know. <laughs> I'm going to quit age 30. Age 35, still hadn't quit. Found it really hard to quit. Age 35, 2008, I moved to London with a view to getting back into what I'm doing now, which okay. was personal training, coaching, fitness, nutrition. But another two years, I still kept doing it part-time at the weekends. I just couldn't. 2010, yeah. I hang up the, uh, the, uh, the, the string, the baby oil, the costumes were gone for good. And so 2010 um, to 2021, 11 years full-time doing what I should have been doing yeah. back in 1996. So um, that's my, there's a long-winded way of answering your question there, Nate. Got it. So, so where did the, <laughs> I love it. So Magic Mike, like you lived it. Mm. <laughs> now Magic Mike, when that film came out, yeah, because you would always try and explain to the guys and maybe girls, you know, what was the industry like? Yeah. I'm not saying it was exactly like that, but that was the closest thing. Was it? Was it, it, it all the guys, when we saw that, were like, have you seen Magic Mike? I said, like, that was really like some of the nights. There was a, a guy sort of like the ringmaster, the Matthew yeah. McConaughey. Yeah. And there was the other guys, the troops, you know, backstage, getting yeah. ready, pumping up. It was like that, you know. <laughs> um, we did some massive shows, like not just the three, 400 girls, more shows, yeah. sometimes 100 girls, but sometimes four, five, 6,000 in wow. stadiums. So, it was, it was like being famous, but not being famous, yeah, yeah. which means you could get away with everything. Bear in mind, this was the nineties and early two thousands right. before social media, which was, yeah. you know, it was, yeah. it was a lot of fun back then. Yeah, as you yeah, can imagine. Absolutely. Yeah. I can imagine. I only imagine. Uh, that's, that's great. What's uh So yeah. Well, so you, you, you're able to finally get yourself out of that industry, which I could imagine would be hard to, to Very do. Hard. And, uh, and, and, and you, you start full steam ahead with what you're doing now, but like how much time did that really take to, to get it to where you are today? Well, the, the story was 2008 until 2000 and it was actually 10 years to the day, 2018. I joined, I went to London June, 2008 and I left the city of London 2018. So that was 10 years of what I would call one-to-one -one personal training. So I was in a commercial gym for a couple of years. Then I went to like a private studio and most of my clients were bankers, lawyers, hedge fund guys. And I was in the equivalent to London, to New, to New York's Wall Street. That fast-paced, you know, hectic financial, a lot of money, a lot of drinking, a lot of drugs, you know, them, not us. But it yeah. was that very fast, you know, paced arena brilliant so 2008 2018 doing one-to-one -one. and then i started looking at online as an option this is before, way before obviously last year yeah um so i left 10 years to the day the city to, to take my one-to-one -one personal training business and became what well, i was now doing an online coach uh, but left the city with from going from 30 to 40 hours a week working with clients to nothing starting from scratch but i knew that what I loved about the gym was actually going to limit me. There's only so many hours in the day and I was already charging more than most. So there's only two ways to make more money, either 
do more hours or charge more. And I couldn't really charge much more, couldn't really do more, more hours. So yeah. I thought I need a system that's going to allow me to work with clients anywhere in the world. And I've, I've got currently got clients in four or five countries of the world at the moment. Um, but potentially make a lot more money and cut back on the hours. And that's what the online coaching allowed me to do. So some June, 2018, well, we're in June now. So it's about three years doing yeah. Yeah. what I'm doing now, which is the online coaching as opposed to one-to-one personal training. Okay. Okay. And so what, uh, what's the GHG mas- method? What does that stand for? Well, I'm glad you've asked, yeah. mate. Uh, GHG method. Well, the, I'll tell you what, the GHG is my initials. initials so yeah. Gavin Gillibrand, the Howard, um, Howard is my middle name, but, but don't tell anyone. I'm sure no one will be listening to this. <laughs> if they do, it's Howard. Don't, um, and that was the book, um, which is really, I was very pleased. I, I published this in March 2019. Um, but what was what's interesting is um, I look, it was the biggest achievement of my life. It's 40, 48,000 words, so way more than my 10,000-word dissertation that I never did. Yeah. Um, but I look back on it now and I'm like, I've changed so much. So it's True. funny what happens in the two years. That was the biggest thing I'd achieved. And even now I'm like, you know what, if I could write another one and I'm in the middle of, this is really what I do with my coaching with my clients. So this is like the, cause you know, information's one thing, but information's worth shit. It doesn't mean anything, does it? Like yeah. without implementation or showing actually how to use that information. And that's what the coaching is. So I just teach what I put in that book and that's, specifically around health, fitness, and with a particular slant towards helping clients lose weight. Yeah, yeah, got it. That's great. Um, what, uh, who are some championship leaders, coaches, mentors that have impacted your life along, the, along your, your path here, the, your journey in life? And uh, what is it? What, what are some of the characteristics that really stood out to you from some of these people? Oh, well, I'll, first of all, I'll talk about some coaches or I would say they were mentors because they haven't actually been coached. I'm a big fan of Tony Robbins. I know some people love him. Some people hate him. Um, But he had a massive impact on me. I saw him um, early 2000, 2003, 2004. He came to London and I did the firewalk. I don't know if you've done his, any of his events, the UPW uh, did the four day event, the firewalk. And all I remember seeing this big giant of a guy who, you know, and that was my first, first experience of what we would call personal development, working on yourself, yeah. you know, and I've read a couple of his books, Awaken the Giant Within, and it let, I've been all over the world following different people. I've seen Brendan Bouchard, I've seen Robin Sharma, uh, you know, so there's been a lot of the so-called famous gurus or mentors. I've never actually personally worked with them, but I've yeah. bought into a lot of their yeah. books and philosophies. Um, and really about seven years ago when Robin Sharma sort of, you know, made the 5am club become quite popular. Yeah. That whole philosophy of getting up early and working on yourself. And I, t- I took to that with, uh, you know, I remember him saying, look, people that do really well get up early, they read, they work out, they work, write in a journal. Now, I didn't know whether that was true or not, but he said it and I believed him. So I did it for about five years straight. And you know what? It's not to say you have to get up at 5am, but yeah. 100% right is, the people that are successful in any walk of life work on themselves. And, you know, his philosophy was if you can work on, work on your work on yourself harder than you do on your job. I've got to mention Jim Rowan as well. He's another classic guy from the eighties and nineties. So there's some of the bigger guys, but in terms of actual coaching myself, I've had a lot of really great coaches um, in the last five years. I paid a lot of money and I, you know, 
I'm a big philosopher, big believer in the philosophy of if you're going to be a coach, you have to have a bought into coaching yourself. Yeah. How can you expect people to buy your maybe high ticket coaching if you've never been coached yourself? And coaching, as you know, Nate, can accelerate your results tenfold. Like why struggle and bash your head against a brick wall when some coach can come in and literally change what you're doing with the space of weeks that might possibly take you decades to learn yourself or you can just do a couple of strengths I've some great coaches um there's a guy called tim drummond who actually helped me move my business from one-to-one -one personal training into online coaching i'm doing now shay robottom we we talked about briefly off the off air the brilliant um video marketing coach on linkedin i work with craig ballantyne who's um brilliant fitness coach have you heard of craig no I've you're smart craig, yeah. Yeah. yeah i worked personally with craig um did his perfect day formula retreat that was excellent uh, there's so many i i've got a list of them so long but i'm a massive fan of coaching um i like investing i like spending money on other people if i can get a great return myself yeah yeah that's interesting you say uh the firewalk with tony robbins i've, I've i have yet to go to one of his events but i have some friends um that worked with him for years joe williams was his senior trainer for for years and years oh, and cool. uh dave albin facilitated ran was the head guy that ran all of his firewalks for him for years as well and i have an event called ulw uh unleash the leader within with i guess kind of a little bit of a uh, similar yeah and, yeah but dave albin uh, who now works, you know, he just does firewalks and glass walks and things across the, the world. Uh, he, he does uh, a firewalk for us for our event. So anyway, oh, cool. Yeah, very cool. It's just, it's just a great metaphor for life. I mean, whether yeah, it's powerful experience. people say that oh, the coals aren't as hot, and the truth is they probably aren't, but people that do it don't believe that they're genuinely walking through and the fact that tony can whip them up into almost like a frenzy yeah. and it's just as he says it's a metaphor for life if you can convince yourself that you're walking across fire it's just to say look you've got more potential there's no limit that glass ceiling if you can actually physically do it yeah um you get to the end and everyone's cheering it's not like if you can do that you can put your mind to anything but I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of tony you know well, um, if you're skeptical of the firewalk uh get halfway and stop and and see how skeptical you are <laughs> oh yeah you it's 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 real it's, it's real calls it's real yeah, calls yeah, yeah, yeah you know i i remember the very first i've done it i've done it three times now actually his event but i remember my um i'll be honest my my mum and my sister were very skeptical back in 2014 and yeah. and we got to realize 20 odd years ago when you mentioned the word personal development or self-development it's more of a u.s term when you say that yeah. to most english people they're like oh personal development is a bit wanky we call yeah, it yeah. that yeah, you know right. it's, it's you guys are so much further ahead when it comes to that so when i said i'm going to do this firewalk and I, they said well how much are you going to spend on that they were like four days with Tony Robbins. Who the fuck's Tony? You know, <laughs> I remember saying it was about 500 quid, which is what, about $700, yeah. 750. Yeah. Um, and they were like, you're going to spend that much on walking across coals. They're like, what? Who do you think you are? Like, they're not real. You know, they're, they're very typical sort of doubters. Um, yeah. I did it and I'm a big fan of it. And I would tell anyone yeah. to go and do it. Tony's a, a, a force to be reckoned with. Um, yeah, he's, he he's getting older now, isn't he? He's 60 yeah, old, but he, yeah. he's still touring. Yeah. yeah, he's still touring, but that's why... I you know, I've, I've heard he's, he's looking to, you know, 
he's back. I mean, he's been going hard for over 20 years, right? Like just yeah. and doing everything else. But, but uh, yeah, he's kind of one of the OGs, right? He's on. He is um, definitely. Much more when it comes to personal development for sure. So what's uh, you know, I think of championship leadership, a big part of that is championship leaders have this incredible vision and, uh, you know, it's, oftentimes they can see things that others aren't able to see and not just to have this vision that others can't see, but, but they have this, this belief in it to the point where they have tremendous courage to take action on it too. So I'd love to hear, you know, what's, what's the vision for you for the GHG method and what you're doing and what you're up to and the impact that you want to make, let's say even short term, maybe next five years. Well, first thing I can think of in terms of the GHG method, I want to need to finish a second book. I'm struggling what's, with what's it going to be called no idea and I'm, yeah. I don't even know what I'm writing I'm just writing and it, what's here's the funny thing you enjoy once writing I, I love it I love yeah. it um once I published that because it was such a big achievement for me I thought I'd crack the code to writing books I thought I'd be churning them out year after year one yeah. a year I remember thinking in 10 years I'll have 10 book 10 books it's a lot harder I don't know if you've ever written a book Nate it's, it's yeah, hard you. I should get it down and, and I realized writing that I didn't realize how much of a perfectionist I was uh-huh um when it's your own work everything has yeah. to be perfect so going a bit off topic there one one I want to get finished that two I want to take my current business um and just do more of what I'm doing I've I've worked with Online, close to 200 clients in the last two and a half years now, three years. Yeah. Um, I would like to take this to a seven-figure business. I'm nowhere near there yet. So that's going to impact, help a lot more people. Obviously, it can be great for me financially. Yeah. Uh, second book, um, I actually can genuinely put my hand on my heart and say I'm doing exactly what I want to do right now. I get, I'm in my home office, you know, my wife's outside. The kids are in the sun at the moment. Um, you know, maybe I'd like to be in a bit better weather all the time. But I, overall, yeah. I get to work when I want to work within reason, as in I'm in my home office. I can schedule my own hours. I can really, really help a lot of people. A lot of people that come to me are really struggling with their health. And when you can help them lose 30, 40, 50 pounds, some of my clients in the moment are losing that and change their life and change their health. And when they turn around to me after six, nine months of work with me and say, you know what, my life has changed beyond belief. That's a great feeling. And to be paid well to help clients do that, then yeah, I think you're onto a winner. If you can enjoy what you do, you help others and it's financially viable, then you've kind of ticked all the boxes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. And you know, it's uh, especially, like you said, personal development's leg behind maybe in the UK, but it definitely feels like it's uh, we're sometimes overwhelmed with personal development. But I, I suppose that's kind of the circles you follow in, in social media makes it feel that way too. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there trying to make it happen and uh, for themselves, especially online and, and uh, the fact that you're doing it and doing it at a high level and continuing to grow. Like, man, there's a, it's not easy. And so it's, it's a, it's big, uh, it's a big accomplishment for you to be able to go out and do that. And, and the impact that you're able to make, which obviously is I'm sure most important to you. Yeah. Well, I think you mentioned the personal development there and self-development. I think from my experience, certainly in the last 10 years, which is when I took self-development really serious, 
you know, I think a lot of people are working on shelf development. And what I mean by that is they keep buying all the books yeah. and putting them on the damn shelf. Now, here's the thing. I don't actually buy that many books now. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I know enough, but if I took action on everything that I've read and actually taken in, then I'd be doing even better. So my, my message is, yeah, read a load of books, learn as much as you can, but enough is enough. Sometimes you've got to say, you know what, I've got to start taking action because I've been to seminars and spent thousands and I've got this workbook and folder and I've looked at it once and it's gone on the shelf. Yeah. And have I actually any of that stuff? No. If you take two or three simple actions from every speaker and then put them into place and, you know, go hard in on everything they've said, you can massively move your, yourself and everyone around you and your business forward. So, you know, my message is stop just learning more, actually take action. So forget that shelf development, stop developing your bookcase and actually take action, pull your finger out and pull the trigger. And I think yeah. a lot of people are scared. And I remember my coach, Tim, he said to me, um, when I was about to leave the city, and move the, you know, the one-to-one -one business to online. And he'd come up, it was not his phrase. We've heard it from a lot of people. He says, ready, fire, aim. Yeah. He said, a ready, aim, fire. Most people are getting ready to get ready. If I'd waited until I was ready, I would have, look, I didn't, it was easy for me to stay in the city doing 30 to 40 clients a week. That was good money. But he said, unless you actually physically leave and tell all those clients you're no longer available for one-to-one -one personal training, you're never going to be able to do this in the long run. And he said to me, can you potentially make five, 10 times more with an online business? And I said, I absolutely can. He said, so you've got to leave and just pull the trigger. He said, ready, fire, aim. So I just fired, aim, trusted him, yeah. and um, I've never looked back. Man, that's incredible. That's got to be a, it's a really scary thing to do, right, when you're in that moment. It was scary, yeah. It was scary, yeah. but it was also exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one of the last questions here real quick. What's a critical moment for you, um, you know, kind of that fork in the, uh, fork in the road style moment where – you either got to go right or left. And obviously you made the decision that you did that has you where you are today. But, you know, had you made a different decision, you could be in a very different place uh, in life today. I think we have a lot of these moments, right? Um, mm -hmm. Turning points, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I think it's also, you know, these, this last year, year and a half we've gone through, there's a lot of people that are in these moments yeah. and they don't know where to go. A lot of times their gut and intuition tell them to go one way, but there's, there's a lot of force and pressure on the other side as well, trying to get them to go a different direction. So what would that be for you? Is there a moment or two that comes to mind for you? Well, think about this. I left the gym, went online June, 2018. If that had been, if I was still in the gym, when COVID hit last year, my whole business would have gone. I've got friends, unfortunately, that have, lost their gyms, their studios, their personal training business has been decimated. I know just off the top of my head, three friends that were just one were doing exactly what I was doing just two and a half, three years ago in the city because the city's dead now. Literally, there's no one in the city. Everyone's working from home. So all the banks, we're talking every major bank and finance industry in the world they're in london new york and maybe a couple of other places so they have the biggest two london new york they're the biggest two maybe yeah. tokyo no one's in the city so all yeah. the gyms are empty their whole business from having 30 to 40 clients a week 
has gone to zero. So, so a couple of the guys have gone back and worked on a building site. For, you know, they've been personal training for years. Mm-hmm. And really, they've got family, they've got wife, they've got children. The whole business has been decimated. I've got a friend who's about to get married this weekend coming in Athens that I can't fucking go to because of COVID. Now, he... Wow was the owner of two really successful gyms in central London called City Athletic. And they're running at a bare minimum because no one's there. He's actually sold his half to his business partner. He's gone to get married in Athens and he's moving back to Australia. And that's another part of COVID. So if I was doing literally what I was doing for 10 years, just a couple of years ago, yeah. I'd be in the shit. I, I literally would not be able to survive right? because you know, I thank God or whoever the, you want to thank, whatever you believe in, it was fortunate. So I got out at the right time. Um, and touch wood, I've got a, a recession or pandemic proof yeah. business because everyone's kind of moved online. And what happened, a lot of the guys I work with, they just had to scramble. They were like, hang on, we've got all these clients that we can't see. Can we work out some type of online business model? But some of them have made it work. Some of them haven't. So there was my fork. I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. well, well, no, it wasn't a decision I had to make. I guess I made the decision. It's almost like I did. Not knowing. Uh, I you premonition. Know. Yeah, yeah. premonition. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's incredible. And that's so true. I I got some clients that one works in the city. The other, um, the, the married couple, Amanda, she, she hasn't worked in the city since this has all gone on. And he's like, yeah, we went to Times Square. He's like, man, it's empty. He's like, there's all of these restaurants that just yeah. live, like thrive off of the Broadway shows and everything else. And all that's shut down and it's just all impacted and hardly anyone's in the city, like you said, like London. And uh, it's it's crazy that the residual effects that it's having. I didn't even think of like what you just talked about, the trainers. Yeah, the whole, whole business has gone. But, more, but even on a bigger scale, like, the guys that had their own gyms or premises and small business owners, so it's just been just ruined. And, um, you know, I, I don't want to go into whether it's obviously been something, but I don't know what it, what, what the Americans are thinking It's grossly been over exaggerated to what it was. And, and I think the fallout is now worth a lot is way worse than the actual impact of what actually went on. So 100%, 100%. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, it's, I think we've been lied to, definitely. And we'll, I, I don't want to get into a. No, an, we, I'm, I'm, definitely, I'm definitely not an anti-vax. I'm not anti-COVID. Yeah, yeah. Anyone thinks that yeah. I'm anti-bullshit. Yeah. And we've been fed a lot of bullshit. A ton, yeah, a ton. I agree with that. What's uh? Well, let's wrap this up. One last question for you. I want to respect your cool, time. Cool, mate. Um, you know, if there's one or two things you could give to the listeners that if they were to implement today would help move their life forward today, uh, what would those be? First thing that comes to my mind is be a continual student of, of everything and pick up a book. You know, I, I try and teach my clients this. A lot of people say, well, I don't have time to read. And we know that's bullshit. We all have time for the things that are important to us. What it is is you don't think you're going to get value from that, so you don't bother reading. Because anyone can read 10 pages a day. That would be the one thing is if you read 10 pages a day, that's 300 pages a month. That's an average book is about 300 pages. Yeah. That's a book That's a book a month. There's 12 a year. There's 60 books in five years. If you read 60 books on one particular subject, you would know more than 95% of the world's population on that subject. That's just in five years. Right. So I would just say, read a book, 
get a coach and accelerate your results tenfold. Don't think, don't look at the money that you're spending. Look at the return on investment, the ROI, because a 5K is going to be worth 100 times more than that over the next 10 years if you use it wisely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's powerful stuff. And it's easy, right? Sometimes it's so easy that people just, they just, they don't do it. But uh, I, if you're listening, obviously you are, uh, please uh, take, take, take this advice and, and go put it into action. Very simple. I appreciate your time today, Gab. What what's some ways we can follow you? Get a hold of your book and, and absolutely, yeah. The best your... place is two uh, two main platforms: my website, gavgillybrown.com, or just come and find me on LinkedIn. There's only one of me, Gav Gillybrand. That's my biggest platform. All my daily posts, videos. I think I'm connected with about thirty five thousand on there. It's a big platform for me. Yeah. And if you're not on LinkedIn and you're in business, you need to get on LinkedIn because yeah. the place to be. So LinkedIn, I'm going to be on. That is the place to find me. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. We'll get that linked up for you as well. Appreciate you showing up today and, and uh, had a pleasure. Pleasure. Have a good day. Thanks, mate. Let's go. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera. I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable from my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. Years of marriages never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm gonna be a leader. I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer. We can do anything we want. <laughs> I said it, then I meant it. I probably already did it. Consider it done. If you need some inspiration, you should play this. Championship Leadership Podcast. Hey, Bailey. Hey Bailey